What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I'm still your host, JPB. Today's episode is number eight in this mini series, and we are talking about nutrition and stress. I'm going to say right off the jump here that I am not a nutritionist or a dietitian. Um, when I first started this business about two years ago, I wasn't sure where exactly it was taking me, and I'm still learning, but I knew that it was about the mind-body connection and mental and physical health. And so right away, I just went and got my personal training certificate and my nutrition coaching certificate. And I realized before I even finished testing for the certificate, I wanted no parts of programming nutrition or counting macros or any of that. I have so much respect for folks who do this. And if you want specifics, um, specific advice about diet plans or specific nutrition needs for you, find yourself someone who does exactly that. Um, You know, like everything else, there is an abundance of information on the internet. And there's a lot of poor advice out there on the interwebs about nutrition and dieting. Uh, You know, because we have these, we're, we're so obsessed with these quick fixes and, and cleanses and such to, you know, try and reach these aesthetic goals that lead to people promoting things like fad diets and cleanses and Whole30 and keto and all of the rest of these things. Um, That is definitely not the way to go and also not the point. So I will leave it there and move on. What we are talking about is how nutrition affects you, how you function, how your brain works, and how you feel and think in regards to managing your stress. There is a very strong link between diet and stress. Food is just information for your body. You are delivering instructions for your body with what you are eating. You are sending signals to make hormones, to trigger immune cells, to switch genes on and off, to clean up, to repair. All of these things, you are just, the food that you eat is information for your body on how to work how to build. And outside of that, food tells a story about who we are. And this can vary culturally. Um, And I think I have, and maybe it's just because I grew up, I mean, it absolutely is because this is my experience. I grew up without, um, we didn't do a lot of cooking in the home. We grew up mostly on fast food. And there were, there weren't any traditions around food. And I feel like people of European descent who live here in America, in the United States, have a similar story. There isn't a lot of tradition around food. Um, and so then we think about it differently. But food can tell a story about who we are. And it has, it has a history in, in how we have experienced life, what we remember about growing up, and also how we identify ourselves now. Um, Things like, you know, I'm a foodie. I I really enjoy specific kinds of food. I only get food from the farmer's market. I'm from 
whatever place around the world and proud of the food that my culture or region um, creates and has. What are your traditions around family gatherings or going out to a nice restaurant to celebrate something or caregiving by, you know, cooking for someone as a show of love and support or memories of grandma's baked goods. This is one that I do have strong memories of um, some very specific things my grandma used to bake all the time. And so all of these things can lead to different types of stress um, because all of these things have with them certain expectations or judgments based on the experience that we've had that has shaped our lens on these things. And, you know, food awe often provides a distraction for us or a comfort when we're feeling lonely or sad or stressed out. I'm sure that we've all heard the term eating our feelings or comfort food. (laughs) And that's what those things are. When we're on autopilot, we're just going to reach for something to give us that distraction or dopamine and serotonin boost, it makes us feel good. It makes us feel comforted. And then if we have a story, part of our story that is, you know, we were taken care of in that way, somebody cooked for us to show their love, that's even, that's that's an even stronger connection to that comfort with the food. And so there are a lot of layers here around our connection to food and how that affects us um, from on a, you know, level of encoding information to create our cells and our tissues from to the emotional and, and cultural context that we view food. And so when we're thinking about um, from, from a nervous system perspective, our autonomic nervous system controls our digestion. And we've talked about our autonomic nervous system before. You can go back to the first couple of episodes in this mini series where we talk about stress and I go over the ANS uh, in more detail there. But it has controls a lot of the functions that we don't have to think about. Heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, breathing, all of these things that we need to live and we don't do consciously. So because of this, And because our autonomic nervous system is also the system with those two sides, the parasympathetic and sympathetic sides that help direct our stress response, both internal and external stressors affect our digestive process. Because when we are in a major stressful situation, if it is a survival situation, which is what our stress response is encoded for, we don't need to be digesting things. That is a lower priority to our survival. And so when we are stressed out, we are not digesting things. And this is why stress can cause a lot of digestive issues. So if we're looking at the brain, it is our top consumer of energy. When energy is low from lack of proper nutrients or lack of eating, our brain doesn't work well. We forget things. Uh, we can't think clearly. We have kind of, we're in the, we can't, I think, um, brain fog. Thank you. Um, and then it's hard to be creative or, you know, have these new ideas. We, it's hard. We don't have as much energy. 
Um, and then we also feel crabbier, more lethargic and more anxious. We are more prone to high stress and anxiety when we don't have the proper nutrients fueling our cognitive function. And we might cut, we might call this feeling being stressed the fuck out, overwhelmed. Um, but basically your brain and your body just need the proper ingredients to function right. And when they don't have it, we are not going to function right. So there is also another piece of our nervous system called the enteric nervous system, often called our second brain, and it is located in our gut. This is really important because what we eat can affect our levels of serotonin production, which is why you can feel that calm and relaxed feeling after you eat because eating increases the production of that neurochemical in the enteric nervous system. It's actually the majority of your serotonin and dopamine that are made in your gut, which my friend is why what we eat affects how we feel. So when we're eating super processed, sugary, acid-forming foods, this is actually creating stress in your body. It's creating stress for your liver. It's creating stress for um, your your lungs and your kidneys to try to bring you back into a pH balance in your body. So then you start breathing, breathing heavier, and it creates that stress feedback with your breath. Those are also connected. Remember, no system in the body ever works alone. It's all connected. It's not ever one piece, you know, singled out like, oh, it's the problems right here. No, if there is a problem right here, it is also all of all, it's like a web. Um, so some questions are just to just ask. I'm always talking about slowing down, slowing down to be intentional, slowing down to give ourselves the chance to get out of autopilot and be intentional with our decisions, be aware of what we're doing. And it is amazing how just slowing down in so many areas can help us manage our stress better from all of these little pieces of the puzzle. So ask yourself, how often do you actually taste your food past the first bite? Do you savor your food? I know like for me, I worked in the service industry for so long at a restaurant and we would literally have sometimes not have a break. And we would just have the like two minutes to shove something into our face between talking to other people while they were eating at their tables. And this was a habit I formed of just eating as fast as I possibly could, because it was the only chance I was going to get. So again, slowing down to realize how are you eating? Are you enjoying it? Are you tasting it? Are you chewing your food? How, no- how often do you notice the texture or smell of your food? And I can tell you, this is something probably not very often for a lot of us. This is something I still have to work very uh, intentionally on, slowing down, chewing, tasting, savoring, just being aware and being mindful. Are we paying attention to what we're doing or are we thinking about something else altogether? which is a huge source of our uh, stress and anxiety when we are always thinking about 
things that aren't existing right now in this present moment, what's happening in the future, what happened in the past. So are you actually here mindfully paying attention to what you are intaking? Um, so that is just something to, to stop and notice. So when we're talking about stress, we're talking about being in a stressed out state. Like I had mentioned before, our digestion shuts down. But in recovery after stress, your body is probably going to crave foods and then try and store those nutrients and fats for future survival. So if we're in a constant like high level of stress, we're sending our body just like back and forth into these into these extremes of, of, um, halted digestion and then storing up for the future because of the uncertainty and, um, general unsafe feelings that those stress signals are sending to your body about how safe you are and the availability of nutritious food. Um, so let's talk about what we are intaking when we are drinking a lot of caffeine. Caffeine is a stimulant and it increases uh, the production of some stress hormones. So just be mindful of how much caffeine you're intaking. Like most things, all or nothing thinking is not helpful. So, you know, don't just completely kick your your coffee. I love coffee. I drink it every day, but I'm also mindful not to drink a whole pot of coffee because at some point, It's not great for your body. It's not great for your brain. Alcohol is a depressant. So, you know, this alcohol is a coping tool that we use. It is so widely accepted as a coping tool in the culture that we have in the United States. Specifically, I know around the world, it is a little bit different. But here we use it as a tool to take the edge off, um, or we're drinking because we're stressed. And this really only adds more stress and it takes away the opportunity for us to adapt to the stress so that we can better manage it in the future. Um, again, I'm not saying don't go drink. If you enjoy alcoholic beverages, please do so responsibly thinking about everything in moderation. Um, because like all things, excess is not good. It's not healthy for you. Your brain and body will not function properly. We know alcohol is incredibly detrimental to brain function in excess. Um, and again, when we're not functioning, functioning properly, when our brain is not functioning properly, we are stressed out. Let's talk again about these highly processed foods that a lot of us eat here again in the United States. A lot of our food is actually illegal in other places around the world because of what is in our food. Foods that are high in sugar, salt, um, unhealthy fats, preservatives, they give you this immediate surge of dopamine and energy. But this is actually really bad for the brain in the long run because of the overproduction of this dopamine because of these... um, Highly processed foods are not natural. They are not natural components. They're not not natural compounds in these foods. And so they elicit a different type of response from our brain, an unnatural one. So then there's an un, there's an overproduction of dopamine and it throws off your natural bio, biochemistry and then encourages chemical imbalance 
that has been shown to contribute to depressive symptoms. These highly processed foods are chemically designed to be addictive. The combination and amount of salt and sugar and fat in processed foods, they're not available in natural foods. And so these intense taste sensations that we have trigger an overproduction of these neurochemicals, which lead to our brain literally removing dopamine receptors to create a balance. The body is always looking to maintain balance. So now you need more dopamine because we have less receptors. So we need more dopamine to reach the receptors because there isn't, there aren't as many available. So then there isn't as much natural production of this neurochemical that we need to feel good, to feel motivated, to feel reward and, um, help us to process and learn and remember and just have overall healthy cognitive function and feel good. And so then we have feelings of unhappiness and an urge for a fix of this highly processed food that gives us that surge of dopamine. And so then we have Sadness, irritability, tiredness, cravings, all resulting from this withdrawal from that, you know, junk food, processed food within like two to five days. So if you eat those foods two to three times a week, you're actually keeping yourself in this loop of overstimulation and withdrawal, which sends your biochemistry on this roller coaster and presents itself as stress because this is an imbalance in your chemistry and your digestive process. And it's just overall stressful for your body because it is out of balance, swinging that pendulum just so far to both sides, to either side. There was actually a research project in Spain, and these researchers found that long-term diets of fast food and processed food lead to a 51% increase in depressive symptoms. Processing these processed foods for your body to process these foods, that is in and of itself stressful for your system. And so eating whole foods, especially fruits and vegetables, helps your body just to work better. It's just easier on your system. And it is providing yourselves and your system with the nutrients and minerals to rebuild after there is a stress response trigger, which depletes your resources. And so we have to be providing our our system with the proper nutrients to rebuild, to restore, to be able to rest and calm down. So things like B vitamins, these are huge in nervous system function. These can be found in bananas, leafy greens, nuts, seeds, meats, fish, dairy, all of these things. And these B vitamins help regulate our nervous system, help our nervous system to work properly to be able to flow back and forth from an elevated state to a calm state as it's supposed to and provide the body with energy after this period of stress. Vitamin C, this is another big one. Um, The largest store of vitamin C is in the adrenal glands, which are responsible for the production of stress hormones. If we remember the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, that is your stress response system. So, If we're keeping our adrenal glands healthy by eating plenty of vitamin C rich foods like oranges, tomatoes, peppers, again, leafy greens, veggies, fruits, these things, it is going to better support your system and recovery. Magnesium is another big one. 
This one uh, is a mineral that can help relax the muscles and then reduce anxiety. So it's also actually playing an essential role in hormone and energy production. This can be found in nuts, Brazil nuts, um, beans, lentils, whole grains, leafy greens. Again, just all of these whole foods. And then if we're looking at uh, carbs, which are like villainized all over the place, and like you literally need them to build yourself, your brain, your body, runs on carbohydrates for energy. So here we're looking for complex carbohydrates, and these actually enhance the levels of serotonin, serotonin, uh, which remembers that mood boosting hormone that helps you feel happy and relaxed, which again, 90% of that is produced in your gut. So we're looking at whole grain breads, pastas, brown rice, oats, things like that. Because we know that low levels of serotonin contribute to depression and anxiety and poor sleep quality. We also need um, lots of good fats. Your brain is made of fat. And when we're talking about our stress response system, essential fatty acids, omegas, threes, and sixes help lower the production and release of these stress hormones. And so, you know, wrapping this all up here, just remember that all or nothing thinking is never the way. Everything in moderation. If you like fast food, eat fast food sometimes. And also make sure that you are getting some leafy greens, some fruits, some veggies, some whole whole grains, so that you are also giving your body the chance to regulate itself internally. Because, God, I hear so many times the kind of feelings, I'm very, I want to be very careful, I feel very insensitive saying the excuse of, um, well, it's just, it's a chemical imbalance, there's nothing I can do about it. So much of the time, this is not true because what we are doing, what we are eating, what we are consuming in our diet, what we are watching, what we are listening to, how we move about the world, how much exercise we're getting, the things that we are doing, the habits that we have, how we're caring for ourselves, these all contribute to a balance or imbalance of our chemicals, of our biochemical makeup. And they contribute to how we feel, how much stress we are dealing with, um, and how well we process that and manage it. So I'm going to wrap this up. Eat your leafy greens, eat some fish, eat some nuts, eat some fruits, eat some vegetables. Be mindful of how much caffeine and alcohol you are drinking. And if you have specific questions and need help with these things, because it's not always like we don't know what we don't know. And we have so much poor information about nutrition and about how to properly nourish ourselves. If you need help with that, find a dietitian, find a nutritionist to help you get started, to help learn about what your body needs, and then go from there. But this is absolutely an essential piece to managing stress. So I challenge you this week just to pay attention, going back to being mindful, what are you eating? How does it make you feel? Are you paying attention to how it tastes? Are you paying attention to what what you are actually eating? What is the texture? What is the flavor? Just slow down a little bit and then notice how you feel afterwards. All right, my friends, that's it. Wrapping it up. I hope you have a beautiful week. We will do this again, continue our mini series next week. 
Thank you for being here. Take care of yourself during the week and we'll all meet back here next week. Peace out.